Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Let's read beginning in Acts chapter 1. I want to read from Acts 1 and Acts 2. And I want to make sure you understand, maybe you're a new believer, maybe you're new to a full gospel, charismatic, or Pentecostal church. What's the big deal? Well, let me tell you this. Uh, Pentecost Sunday, across every denomination, across every theological position and and camp, is completely uh, accepted as the birthday of the church. I think it's prophetic that we open back up on the birthday of the church. Come on. Aren't you, can, can you see, this is a God thing. This is a God time. I, I want to tell you this. Maybe that's a new term to you. We're in a prophetic moment. What does that mean? It means we're not just marking time. It means today this is not just a physical uh, place you're in. We're in a spiritual moment right now. God is doing something bigger than just the natural. We're in that moment. I want you to catch that and be aware of that. So to see where we are following the, the, the cross, the, Jesus giving his life sacrificially, then being raised from the dead, 30 days later, uh, I'm sorry, three days later, then there was a period of 40 days where he appeared to the disciples. It was clear that he had been raised from the dead. And Luke, who was the author of the Gospel of Luke, a physician that the Holy Spirit used to record this, now gives us the history of the church. And so he begins here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. He says, in my former book, the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus, I love this, what does he say? Jesus, what? Began to do and teach. It's not over. He just began it, all right? What he began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Now watch this. After his suffering, after the cross, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, during that 40 days while he was with them, He gave them this what? Suggestion? Come on, see if you're with me today. Come on, you've been sitting at home in your pajamas drinking coffee. Tell the truth. Come on. We're we're in the house now. Come on, somebody say, I'm in the house. (laughs) Wake up your amen with me today. (laughs) All right. So so on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, John had told them that, yes, I baptize in water, but who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? He said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to tie or untie. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. So Jesus said, before you go preach the gospel to all the world, you need to be empowered for that task. And so he says, you stay in the city until the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then you go to all the world. Now, verse 6, they still weren't quite there. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They were wanting him to be an earthly Messiah. They wanted him to overthrow Rome and establish an earthly kingdom then. He says, this is what he tells him. He says, look, he said, it is not for you to know the times or the dates of Father is set by his own authority. Watch, verse 8. But you will receive what? Power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they were. In Judea. That's the region. 
into Samaria to the ends of the earth. So there's the setup. Immediately after that, they go out to the Mount of Olives and he ascends back to heaven. So that was 40 days after the resurrection. And so they began to pray. They go to an upper room. They're back in Jerusalem according to what he told them. And they are praying, praying, praying. See, they're not aware of what's about to happen. They're just being obedient. They don't fully understand this incredible timing of God, this, this sovereign order that's falling into place, but they're just doing what God told them to do. Can I help you with something today? We may not understand what God's going to do next. Listen to this. A statement's going to help somebody. You may not know what God's going to do next, but you better do what he told you last. How many understood what I just said? I don't know what he's going to do next, but I better do what he told me last. And if I'm doing the last thing he told me, I'm ready for the next thing he's going to do. So they're in this room praying. They're praying. They're praying. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, the day of Pentecost was a feast day. It's the the reason, look at the sovereign wisdom of God. The nation, Jews, from all the nations of the earth that were approachable at that time had come to Jerusalem. Why were they there on that day? Because it was the Feast of Pentecost. When God told Moses to order these things and follow this plan, he already knew that on this day, as the nations gathered, he would birth the church. So here they are praying on the day of Pentecost. They're just praying. It's the 10th day. It's been 50 days since the Passover. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Look at verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that came to rest on each of them. All of them. Someone say all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. People ask me all the time, how do you speak in tongues? I can only tell you what the Bible tells you. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now watch what happens. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Why? It was the Feast of Pentecost. God strategically timed it. When they heard this sound, what sound? This roar in the upper room, this praise unto God. They, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed. They asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs. Now, <clears throat> what did they hear? When the, the term speaking in tongues, tongues simply means languages. They were speaking in a language that the Holy Spirit enabled them to do. It was a supernatural utterance. They hadn't gone to linguistics class. They were in a room praying. The Holy Spirit came on them. And supernaturally, they began to pray in a language that was beyond their mental capacity to perform. So why do we do that? Well, and what were they saying? What were they saying? Well, watch this. It says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Isn't that amazing? Praying in tongues is not emotional gibberish. It's not just babbling. It is a supernatural communication gift. First to God, and then to edify and build us up. Now watch. So we heard them praying in tongues, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they just had too much wine. I don't have time today to go through this. I've been around people that had too much wine. Anybody else ever been around that? 
Tell the truth. I didn't ask you to raise your hand, but tell the truth. I'm ashamed to say before, in my BC days before Christ, I've been around a few drunks. Anybody ever been around a few drunks? I've never seen anybody pick up a bottle of Jack Daniels and put it down and speak in tongues. I never saw anybody smoke weed and speak in tongues. I never saw anybody do a line and speak in tongues. So this isn't emotional gibberish. It's not human. It's not. It's the supernatural ability of God to communicate in a language that you never had the capacity to do. It's a supernatural spirit experience. So they say, what's going on? Some didn't understand it. They made fun of it. But this was God working. So, so watch this, verse 14. To answer that, Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Am I reading fast? Yes, i got a lot to say. I'm reading fast. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. I kind of like that. What time do we start today? 9 in the morning on Pentecost Sunday. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Come on. Your sons and daughters, are you claiming that? Will prophesy. Say it. My sons and daughters will prophesy. My sons and daughters will prophesy. Your children and your children's children, according to the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, they will not serve the devil. They will not be lost. They will not be prodigal. They will not go away from God. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, 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 prophesy. Our children, our students will speak and do the works of God. It's our promise. This, hey, this isn't a poem, it's a promise. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Don't, you can't retire in God. You hear what I just said? There's no retirement plan in the kingdom. You can't go on government. What, you, 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 you can't, there is no spiritual IRA. There is no spiritual retirement plan. The older you get, the more smarter you ought to become in the kingdom. The wiser you ought to become. The more anointed you ought to become. You become spiritual fathers and mothers to raise up a prophesying generation of young men and women. That's what the church is all about. No racial racial diversity, generational diversity. Why? Because we're in the spirit in this thing together. He says, oh, my servants, men and women. Come on, men and women, men and women. There's no gender discrimination. There's no racial discrimination. There's no generational discrimination. Why? We're in Christ. We're in the Spirit. And the Bible says he'll pour out his Spirit and we'll prophesy. I I, I have much to say in a small amount of time. We're going to pray right here because we need to. I want you to understand something at this moment. We just read the makeup of the church. Every skin color you can imagine. We just read the roll call of the church as they gathered. That list of nations were those who were saved when Peter, Peter preached later in this chapter. I want you to understand something today. The solution, the answer, the hope for, for, for a nation being ripped apart racially is going to be the name of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit that goes into our hearts and changes who we are. 
and breaks down our walls. We sang it today. Let your spirit come break down our walls. Can I tell you something? If Jesus hasn't taken prejudice out of your life, you need to get back in the river again. You need to get back in the water again. You need to come back in the work of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to defeat hate with hate. We're not going to defeat anger with anger. We're, we're going to defeat it by the power of Almighty God. Let's pray for our nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for America today. Lord, there are injustices happening. There are wrong things happening, Lord. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are frightened and afraid and confused. There are people without Christ trying to solve a problem that only Christ can solve. And so we say today, Father God, would you so change us? We are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and we turn from our wicked ways that you could hear from heaven and heal our land. Lord, we are praying today, heal America. Heal America. Heal the division. Heal racism. Heal the division and the brokenness. God, pour your spirit out on this nation on Pentecost Sunday. God, as we are struggling and, and Satan's bringing division, may the wind of the Holy Spirit bring hope and help and bring healing in this nation. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. What does everybody say? Amen. Now, now, now let me take you through the Feast of Pentecost. I don't have time to do some things I wanted to do. I'm going to edit some stuff. It was the fourth feast of the year that the Jews followed. These feasts were prophetic. They were pointing them to Christ. The, the, the first feast was Passover. They would find a lamb, and they would present it Passover. You know the first Passover. A lamb was taken without defect, and his blood was shed. It was put over the doorpost of their home, and on the night before Israel exited uh, Egypt, after 400 years of slavery, they observed the first Passover and they were delivered and rescued. What we need to understand, it was on the day of Passover. Can you imagine this? That Jesus was crucified on that very day, right in front of their eyes. And it marches right through until we come to Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, the 50th day from Passover, where they gather together and begin to celebrate a harvest is coming. A harvest is coming. It was a gathering. It was a celebration. They were rejoicing. You know what I believe today is about? Are you ready? I believe we're supposed to celebrate today. And we're supposed to be restored today. How many hear what I'm saying? It's a day of restoration. Everything the devil has tried to steal, God's going to restore back. Everything the virus took away, God's going to bring it back. God's the God of restoration. He's the God of more than enough. I'll read you the scripture. It is a restoration day. I tell you, I believe more seed has been sown during this time than any point in history. There have been more people watch a church service online than any time in the history of this nation. There's been more gospel going out, more seed planted. I believe right now it's the beginning of a national harvest. It could be a revival. And don't you see, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't you see what the devil does right at this moment where we're ready for revival, he sows the seed of division and puts us off. Come on, let's rise up. Come on, let's be smarter. Come on, let's be bigger. Come on, let's understand what's going on here. Don't get off. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's awakening time. The enemy cannot look. Look at his DNA. He steals. He kills. He destroys. We are going to bring life and life more abundantly. It's harvest time. We have to know who we are and what's going on. So Pentecost comes. 
It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's the birthday of the church. They had been in the upper room praying and believing God. See, in, in the womb of a prayer meeting, the church was birthed. Think about where we are in this day and time. This is not just historical. It's right on the moment here. Out of isolation, an outpouring came. Are you hearing me, church? Out of our season of coronavirus isolation, I believe God is bringing a prophetic release of the Holy Spirit, a revival. It is a biblical pattern. When you study God in Scripture, when His people were isolated, revival was always the next result of what came out of that. We've been empowered. The church was empowered. He said, you go preach the gospel to everyone. You tell everyone the good news, but you need to be empowered to do that. Do you realize the miracle of the incarnation allowed Jesus, God, to come live in a human body and present the kingdom? Do you know the church is that very same vehicle now? He ascended back to heaven, and on the day of Pentecost, the church was birthed. And you and I are now, come on, do you get this? The physical body of Jesus Christ through which his kingdom comes and his will is done. We are not here historically keeping alive the memory of a Savior or just pointing to a someday when he comes. Are you with me? You and I, the church, are anointed, empowered, filled to be who Jesus was, to do what Jesus did. Is anybody listening to me tell you this today? It's like a seed was planted during this time. John 12, 24 says, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies to that outer shell, it can't spring up and bring life. You know what happens? We, we, we are, we're coming out of isolation. We're, we're coming out of a moment that's unprecedented. We're going to let go of some things. How many, how many have, are, are willing to let go of some things, to let some stuff die? So we can rise up and be everything God wants us to be. Maybe in America, we'll become sick and tired of racism and prejudice and injustice and indifference. And maybe we will rise up at this moment in the power of the Holy Spirit and bring an answer and a hope to a world that's scattered all around us. See, we're coming out of this isolation anointed of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God in our life. Church family, let me be very clear with you today. Today, listen to me closely, is not a day to go back the way it was. It's not what this has done. I'm, I, I, during these 10 weeks, I haven't said, oh God, let me go back. I, I may have done that the first week. But I've been learning some things during this time. We've been developing some things during this time. And so today's not a go back day, it's a comeback day. See, see, we're going forward today. We're going to take everything we've learned. We, we, like I said, we've developed hundreds of new contacts with people on this online. So we're going to walk away from that? Oh, no, we're not either or. We're both now. You understand? We're bringing both of these things in. You're going to have to go to heaven and all your Calvary family now. Come on. Isn't that going to be awesome? You're going to go to heaven and people are going to say, hey, hey, I went to Calvary because I never saw you. Well, I went online every Sunday. Oh, well, good to meet you. Guess what we're going to do? We're, as we start some more small groups, we're going to have Zoom small groups. You know, you can go on Zoom and do a small group and have somebody from Alaska and somebody from California and somebody from Maryland, and they can all get on there together, and we can have a Calvary small group. We're, we're, we're going to have, we're going to do it. So today's not about, oh, I just want to go back. I just want to go back. 
I just want to go back. No, today's not a go back. It's a comeback. It's we're coming back in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God wants to do that in your life personally. What have you learned during this time? Have you learned the greatest thing you have is the presence of God in your family? Have you learned that if you got those things were good? Come on, tell me the truth. Have, what have you learned during this time? You learned. You know, I, I, I can't say it's easy, but I learned I could, I'd be all right and not watch sports. It's been hard. I had withdrawals a little bit. I mean, I'd put on this baseball cap and then that baseball cap, and, and, I, and I would, uh, you know, I, it, you know I, I never watched all seven rounds of the NFL draft. I was such a nerd. I watched all of it because it was sports. I've watched old basketball games on TV. I already knew who won, but I watched it anyway. But guess what I found out? I can live without sports. Come on, tell the truth. Don't, don't, don't get scared. I didn't say it was a sin. Oh, you Alabama-Auburn fans. I had a man move to Alabama and, and, and came to our church. He was from the Northeast. He said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Now, this is serious. I said, can I ask you? I said, sure. He said, this man at work told me here in Alabama that we go to church on Sunday, but our religion's on Saturday. What does that mean? I said, sit down. Let me explain this to you here. So sports is not a sin. Some of you found out you could live without going to the movie theater. Don't scare me. Don't, laugh, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. You found out there are a lot of things you could do without. So, you know, we're coming out of this time. Guess what? We're a lean, mean praying machine right now. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Some, some of you, I, I'm, I'm really meddling now. Some of you learned how to cook again. Well, come I had one man told me his the oven hadn't been on in 15 years at his house. His wife had to clean stuff. Okay, I'm stopping. So, so we've learned there's some things huh, we can do without. And we've learned of some, there's one we can't do without. You can take everything away from us. Come on, tell the truth, America. All of our idols got shut down. Our sports, our entertainment. All our idols got shut down in front of our face. But the Spirit of God has been alive and well, moving, working, doing great things in our lives. Come on, go ahead. Let, let, let me take you. Let's go back. To, come on, we're in Acts. Let's look at this again. They said, Peter, what in the world is going on? What's happening here? Look at Acts 2, 6 in the uh, Passion Translation. I like this. Come on, let's go back. I've got to wrap this up. Look at this. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound... Look at this. Crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. I'm praying there's such a rebirth of the church. There's such a roar of the anointing of God come on in our lives that people start running and saying, what's going on here? What's happening in this place? I need God. I want no, I don't want religion. I want reality. I want the real thing. Come on, let's believe this scripture that there is going to be such a sound of reality in the church that this culture is going to start running in the presence of God. And so they said, Peter, what's going on? What does this mean? And I just read it a moment ago. He began to quote Joel 2. Go there with me. Chapter 2 and verse 23 of Joel. We're going to bring this together right now. Joel 2.23, it was a prophecy waiting for fulfillment. It was a prophecy. And he said, this launches the last days. This launches the church. Joel 2.23, are you with me? Watch this. 
This is what we read. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he's given you the autumn rain in righteousness. Watch this. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. Now, because of their sin, the nation of Israel had been in a drought, in a famine. Some say three years, some say as long as five years. No rain, no crops, no food, no harvest, nothing to show. And you know what God said? I'm announcing a new day. I'm walking in with restoration. I'm telling you that I've heard your prayer. They had begun to fast. And I'm listening to what you're saying. And he said, I'm going to do supernaturally in a moment what hasn't happened in three years. Are you ready? He said, I'm going to send the rain that comes in the spring when you plant the crop. And I'm going to send the rain that comes in the fall when you harvest the crop. But I'm going to do it all at one time. And I'm going to supernaturally, with divine intervention, restore to you everything you lost in these last three years. I'm going to make it happen in one moment. I'm going to do what there's nothing you could never do. Watch this. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. I want you to say restoration. Restoration. The vats will overflow with new wine. This is what Peter quoted. I will repay for the years the locusts have eaten. Come on, say, God's restoring. God's restoring. The great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts. What do we read? My army that came among you, verse 26. You will have plenty to eat until you're full. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Come on, never again. Then you will know that I am in Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Keep reading. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God says, when the enemy comes to steal, God comes to bless. When the enemy comes to rob, God comes to restore. I want a worship team to join me now. Listen to me. Stay with me here. I want you to hear something this morning. On the day of Pentecost, every prophetic word God had spoken, everything Jesus had done on the cross, him coming born of a virgin, preaching the kingdom for 33 years, dying on a cross, raised from the dead, was culminated when the church was birthed. He quoted a passage, Peter did, what's going on? What's happening? What is this day about? It's a day of celebration. It's a day of restoration. It's when God is saying, I'm bringing my word of fulfillment. I'm bringing my plan back in place. Church family, I want you to listen to me today. Whether you're here or whether you're online, I want you to listen to me today. God's restoring. God's restoring. God's bringing back. God's supernaturally doing what you can't do. As I prayed over you this week, this is what I felt the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, there are people here and there are people online. This is what we're hearing. This is what God is doing. He's going to restore your heart and your hope. I felt very strongly people had said, we're going to sing the third song in a moment, that, people, that, that God said this, you failed so many times, you blew it so many times that you've given up hope, that you think I'm too far away. I've gone too far and waited too long, and this is what God's saying. This is what God's saying. It's never too late with me. It's never too far with me. 
I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to restore your hope. I'm going, I'm going to give you another opportunity. There are people here today, and you, you would say here and, and listening, you know, you're saying, man, my dream's broken. God's going to restore your dreams today. My marriage is broken. God's going to restore your marriage today. My health is broken. God's going to restore your health today. My, my, my finances are shattered. God's going to restore your finances. God's faithful. He's faithful. God's going to make a statement. God's going to move in our midst. God's going to come in this moment right now. It's an outpouring day. It's a day of his presence. It's the day where God begins to come and say, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm not going to dribble out my spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. How many are ready for God to do a new work in your life, to pour a new anointing out on you right now, to release the flow of the Holy Spirit right now, to say it's here? I want you to stand, everyone. Just don't leave. Just stand with me right now. God, we're coming to you and we're saying this. In this moment, I want my own day of Pentecost. Anybody with me right now? I want my own day. Can I tell you, if you're a believer today, I want you to pray, God, pour your spirit out in my life. If you're a believer today, we're going to begin to pray. I want you to raise your hands and say, God, first, before I ask you for a thing, I'm asking for you. God, I want you to empower me. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. God, overflow me with the Holy Spirit. God, begin to restore everything in my journey that the enemy's taken away. I want a fresh faith. How many want fresh faith? How many want a new passion for Jesus? A new hunger for His presence? A new outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Come on, right now, right where you are, would you raise your hand and let's begin to pray. Father, in this room, I pray you begin to release the Holy Spirit. I pray you begin to pour the Holy Spirit out on this room right now. I pray you begin to restore everything the enemy has taken away. I pray you restore, God. Restore, restore, restore. God, I pray you bring your presence. I pray you bring your life. I pray you bring our first love. I pray that you bring bring your first love. Bring your first love back to us, God. Bring your first love, God. Let me love you like I never loved you. Let Let me have a hunger greater, a new experience, a new encounter, God. Lord, I'm coming to you right now. I'm coming to you right now. Lord, pour your spirit out on us. Pour your spirit out on us. Fill us to overflowing, God. Rebirth our journey. Give us a new walk. Give us a new faith. Give us a new outpouring, God. Every single life, like you did in the upper room, every person, their own moment, their own encounter, their own flame of fire, their own infilling of the Holy Spirit. God, we pray right now. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.